one of the ways we honor God, one of the ways to do that is to speak life. Speak life. I was laughing as I was preparing this message because last week I used the example of reality TV and today I'm going to use the example of talk shows. Because we all love to talk. We all love to talk. Even when nobody else wants to listen, I talk anyway. Like it or not, everybody has something to say. Everybody has something to say and everybody has a right to an opinion. And here in America, because we have free speech, everybody thinks that they have a right to say whatever they feel, especially on social media, except for if you say something Christian. You know what I'm talking about? Then you're being intolerant and everything else that they can throw at you. It's kind of funny, but I get upset about that sometimes. Come on. But it was interesting. I, and I was talking about, I mean, thinking about this preparing, and I looked online and I found this. I'm not going to, okay, I need to be careful. I may as well say it. The average woman speaks 5,000 words a day. The average man speaks 2,000 words a day. This is a carding. I love the name of this book. Men are, men are lunatics. Women are just nuts. <laughs> another, another one here. It says working males. Working males. This is a study done somewhere in Florida. Working males average 2,000 to 3,000 words. Females average 10,000 to 20,000 words a day. However, both average about the same, 500 to 700, when you really count about the actual value of the words. <laughs> and the name of this book is amazing too. Men are pigs. Fortunately, fortunately women love pork. <laughs> Where did they come up with this stuff? I just laugh so hard. I think that... Forget the statistics, the names of the books crack me up. Men are lunatics, women are nuts. Men are pigs, fortunately women love pork. Someone read this and asked another friend of his, do you resent, do you resent that your wife has the last word? He says, not at all. I'm just glad when she finally gets there. I spent way too much time searching this stuff up. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You can tell Heather's not been around to balance me out here. <laughs> oh, I got to gather my thoughts. But how many of you will agree that we have this natural ability to say the wrong thing at the wrong time? Very often. Nothing is opened more wrongly than at the wrong time. And what's opened is our mouths. It's like the stock boy. Again, sorry guys, I have too many of these online. I couldn't resist. The stock boy at a grocery store. A grocery store. The lady asked him, can I buy half? And I've heard this one before. Excuse me if you have too. Can I buy half a head of lettuce? He walked back to the manager totally, 
you know what she talking about walked back to the manager not realizing that she was following right behind him and he says you're not going to believe this boss there's an old bag out there who wants to buy half a head of lettuce and then he turned around and sees her standing right there and says and this fine lady wants to buy the other half I don't know. Some of us are born with the talent to open our mouths and stick our foot in it. Turn with me this morning to James chapter 3. James chapter 3 talks about taming the tongue if you have a NIV or some of the ones that have a superscription here. It's a challenge people taming the tongue James chapter 3 we're going to read from verses 1 through 12 and I've titled my sermon speak life speak life because honestly that's the only thing that matters Amen. speak life it says not many of you should presume to be teachers my brothers because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly i read that and i was like oh, maybe i should not preach this sunday because those who teach will be judged most strictly what are you talking about anyway he says we all stumble in many ways if anyone is never at fault in what he says in what he says he is a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example although they are so large and are driven by strong winds they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go likewise the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts consider what a great forest is uh, what, uh, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark the tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body it corrupts the whole person sets the whole course of his life on fire it is itself set on fire by hell verse 7 all kinds of animals birds reptiles and creatures of the sea and you know he's talking about metaphorically sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man but no man can tame the tongue It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in his or God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brother this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brother can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? neither can a salt spring produce fresh water excuse me i've been laughing too hard as we read this book it you realize that james uh, more than anybody else in the new testament actually if you think about it and read carefully every single chapter he says something about the tongue and the way you use your tongue managing your mouth as such and he says we all stumble in many ways if anyone is never at fault in what he says 
He is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. What's he trying to say is simply this. If you control your tongue, then you're perfect. And please understand, the word perfect does not imply a special or a tweak. And in the New Testament, the word perfect does not imply sinlessness. It talks about maturity and completion. And if you can control your tongue, that's a sign of maturity. That the Holy Spirit is really working in your life. I used this in my introduction, this one-liner. Self-control comes with or when you control your mouth or your tongue. And you realize that's easily one of the most challenging things for us to do. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's a lesson. That we all need to learn to manage our mouth, manage our, tame the tongue as such, manage our words that come out. We have to control our words. But some may ask, why? Because it's only words, right? It's only words. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, people know that I'm not serious about it. It's only, I'm just speaking from the top of my head. The truth is words are significant. James, and in this portion, he gives us three reasons why it's important. Words are important. And then with three, he gives two examples for all three. I love the structure right there. Three things that he points to right there and gives us two illustrations per point. Anyway, the first one, the point is this. Why must we watch what, what we say? Number one, because words guide Words guide. My tongue controls where I go. And can I add this? How far I will go. Words have this tremendous influence in our lives. My question is, where are you headed in life? Where are you going to be 10 years, 20 years from now? And I would say, look closely on your conversations and you will know where you're heading. Look closely at the things you talk about a lot and that will show you where you're going because our words have a way to shape the direction in which we go. James says what? The tongue is small, it's tiny. But just because it's tiny doesn't mean it's insignificant. It has tremendous power and he uses that example in verse 3. He talks about what? This horse basically. This huge horse. I mean... That's a beast. That's where we get horsepower from us from there. And this whole thing, and think about it. The jockeys, they're so small. They're probably like 100 pounds. I don't know how much a jockey. I've never seen a big jockey before. That small dude on top of a horse controls that huge beast by what, he says, by that small little bit stuck in its mouth. The same way your tongue controls the direction of your life, the same way, just like that bit. And the truth is this, a small word or a phrase can influence the direction of your entire life. Then he uses the example, consider a ship. And I can think, as soon as he says ships, I think about these cruise ships. Because those are like a whole apartment on water, basically. Huge. And I looked up some statistics. He says the average cruise ship has 22 acres of living space on it. 22 acres of living space on it. In comparison, they talk about the anchor. The anchor probably weighs more than three tanks, solid tanks. And think about it in comparison. 
that huge ship is steered by a relatively small rudder which directs its course. In the midst of the wind and the storm and the sea and everything else, that small rudder directs its course. He says our tongue is like the rudder that steers the ships. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Wherever the pilot wants to go, my words direct where I go. I know someone said, your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. And I was like, yeah, makes sense. Because it's like a GPS we have. The truth is this. If you don't like where you're heading, change the way you talk. Change the way you talk. Again, I'm not talking about, please don't confuse this with the power of positive thinking or anything like that sort. We're not talking about that at all. But the tongue has such an influence. Please don't think your words don't mean anything over your own life. So speak life over your own life because your words will guide you, will direct you. Be careful about what you say. I know a lot of say it's impossible, but as we go on, I was reading this other one about a guy who joined a monastery, you know, with all these other monks. And for three years, he was given a probation, three years of probation before he is inducted into that um, with all the other monks. For three years probation, he was not allowed to speak at all. But at the end of every year, he was allowed to say only two words. So at the end of the first year, after he had been silent for the whole year, at the end of the year, he says two words. He says, bed hard. Bed hard. At the end, then is another year of silence. At the end of the second year, he says, food cold. At the end of the third year of his probation, he comes out and his two words are, I quit. (laughs) And the head priest who's out there says, That does not surprise me at all. All you've done is complain since you've been here. (laughs) Tim says, my tongue controls where I'm going to go. Our words have a powerful effect to direct where we're going to go in life. Number two, words guide. The second thing, words can destroy. Words can destroy. Verse 5, James gives the illustration about a huge, beautiful forest. I mean, you're talking about these lovely, huge trees all over the place. But in a minute, they can be totally, something can start that can totally, totally devastate that whole forest. And we know about recently, when was that, uh, the fire in California recently? What started that? Just the spark, someone's trailer, he had a flat tire, she had a flat tire, and the sparks from the trailer destroyed over almost a thousand homes, and two of those firefighters lost their life too, just because she had, we don't think about a flat tire ever causing that. She didn't drive it, she just pulled over to the side, but the sparks that started with that flat tire, the rim hitting the road, sparked a fire that destroyed almost a thousand homes. Two people lost their lives, and James says, That's how powerful your tongue is. Your words are. Words can destroy. I mean, always, we went camping a lot in Washington, and they always told you, put out your fire totally before you leave this place. 
because they know what something as careless as that might do to a beautiful forest. A careless word can destroy and ruin a life overnight, church. Not just one life, but you are ruining the destiny of everybody who comes after that too. A thousand lives. And James says, your tongue has the same destructive power as that fire. I've not done the, a study or I don't think there were any statistics, but I wonder how many people, how many people because of careless word or words have destroyed their marriage. There's no statistic on how many times a careless word has destroyed a career, has destroyed the reputation of someone else, destroyed and divided a church, or broken a bridge of friendship. There's no study on that, but I can tell you it's true. Words not only have the power to direct us, but have the power to destroy. And once it starts, it's really hard to keep, keep a fire down. Someone asked the question, are you a verbal arsonist? Because the words used here, the image that I can get, contemporary image, is welding. And you see that person with that torch there. And that fire, the power that you have, your tongue has the same way. Have you ever been in an awkward, I've been in a couple of these awkward ceremonies where someone is supposed to give a toast. But he, I don't know, he gets a little carried away and the toast becomes a roast, really. You know what I'm talking about. And everybody is sitting there in this awkward silence and like, come on, let him stop. Somebody stop him. We do that sometimes. Not knowing the effect we're going to have. We all know this poem, or at least part of it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can also hurt me. Stones and sticks break only skin, while words are ghosts that haunt me. Slant and curve, the word swords fall. It pierces and sticks inside me. Bats and bricks may ache through bones, but words can mortify me. Pain from words has left its scar on mind and here that's tender. Cuts and bruises have not healed. It's words that I remember. Man, fire and words under control. Because fire is supposed to bring warmth. But a fire out of control, nobody wants to go close to. Words are meant to speak life to bring comfort, to draw people to Christ. Let's be careful because it has the same power. Verse 6, it says, it sets the whole course of his life on fire and itself sets on fire by hell. It sets the whole course. It destroys everything. It destroys everything and itself set on fire by hell. It's basically talking about a chain reaction right there. A chain reaction, it starts now, but it just goes all the way. Have you ever played with fireworks? All you have to do is a a spark right at the end. And then you see what happens all the way. Nothing really happens in the beginning, but what happens? Slowly it gets to where it really does some damage. And we think just an innocent word, oh, it's just a little spark out there. I've got so much time to fix it. Very often we cannot fix. Once it starts, it's really hard to stop there. You will destroy not one person, but destroy a life. 
I, I had, I don't know if it's, I have experience in fighting a fire one time. Me and some friends, pastor friends of mine were ministering in a village. And all of a sudden there was a fire. We don't know what caused it. But they came running to the church and there were like six or eight of us pastors who were there. And they came running in and they said, hey, our, fire, our crops are on fire. And so we went out not knowing what to do. We just went out and we was trying to stomp out that fire with, uh, you know, palm branches kind of thing. And we were doing and it was getting closer and closer to the animal shelters, you know, where they have. And these are people's livelihood. And so we were doing it. And let me tell you that that was one of the scariest things I've ever been to because that fire is hot. And I knew what it could do to me. And somehow we managed to do, just keep it away, and it, it went another direction, destroyed the crops totally. But that's one of the times I understood the power of fire. Do we stop to think enough about the power of our words? How destructive it can be when we are called to speak life. I remember my pastor using this example and I couldn't find the royal court online but I remember he was speaking this at a at a wedding actually in India the you there's a whole message during a wedding weddings don't last 20 minutes like they do here but and he was talking about how this husband and wife they figured out a way to communicate whether one is in a bad mood or not so he says if I come into the house he said if I come into my house into the house and my hat is still on my head please know that I'm in a bad mood and don't say anything and she says, okay, if you come into the house and you don't see a part of fresh tea, you know, we're Indians, English, whatever, fresh tea on the table, please know that I'm having a bad day and don't say anything. It worked great till one day he came back with his hat on the head and there was no tea on the table. <laughs> and that's when, you know, everything went down the drain. On a personal level, you may come home from work and you're tired and grumpy and cranky. Think about it. It's funny. The husband yells at the wife. The wife yells at the kid. The kid yells at or kicks the dog. The dog go bites the cat. The, bite, the cat scratches the baby and, you know, the baby bites the head of her favorite doll. May as well the guy should have come back and bitten the head of that doll. You don't know your effect of your words. One word just has this chain reaction. And very often we don't stick around there long enough to see what effect our words have. So we need to be careful with what we says. It says it's set on fire by hell itself. And I figured if the Bible uses that word in the right context, I can use it too. Our words can cause all hell to break loose. James says, if you've got to learn to manage my mouth, not only because it directs, it guides, but it also destroys. Let me tell you this. Please, please, please. You can lose families, children, career, everything if you don't watch our words. Proverbs says, Proverbs 21, 23, 23 says, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. And he uses another example of all these exam- I mean, of all the animals. And we know, again, he's using I mean, a metaphor as such. Because not all the, ex- all the animals are tamed as such. But he says, you know, we can tame a lot of these animals. But we cannot tame the tongue. We cannot tame the tongue. We cannot do it. And he says, it's the word used is, it's restless. And the word for restless is something of the idea of something that's going to lash out. 
something that's going to lash out and someone who flies off the handle is not a person I want to hang around with too much. So we need to be careful because he says we have this ten- tendency for our tongue to be restless and just lash out. So be careful. Again, he uses the, the example of poison. And the poison there is talking about snake venom. That's how powerful. You never see what it does, but it destroys a person from the inside out. Your words can destroy a life from the inside out. And they may not even show it till it's too late. Your tongue directs. Your words guide. It words destroy. And the third thing that he says is your words reveal who you really are. Words reveal who you really are. What I speak reveals my character. You can fool and play the game for a little while. But soon enough it will catch up to you. And you will be exposed for who you are by your own words. And James talks about the inconsistency we have. You know in verse he says we praise God on one hand. And at the same time we curse man who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come praise and cursing. And he says, my brothers, praise not be. We come to church and sing highest praise. We go out and do our own thing, right? Our mouth. We don't control our mouth. You know, you sing all these beautiful praise songs, but then you get into your car. And on the way home, you don't like someone cutting you off in traffic. And you just lash out at him sometimes. One minute you're saying praise the Lord and the next minute you're saying just shut up. And we say that mainly to the people closest to us, unfortunately. We do that to the people closest to us. We're inconsistent in our praise. One minute we're praising God, the next minute we're cursing people. And he's not talking about using cussing like words as such. He's talking about tearing down people. That's what he's talking about there. Be consistent in your words. And he says, consider this, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No, it can't, he says. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither a salt spring can produce fresh water. When we are called to be rivers of living water, we can't, what, we can't make it salty because nobody's going to drink from there. How many of you are going to go drink water from the ocean? No, we don't want that water. We spit it out. People don't want junk. They want real authentic. And so when your words speak, they need to be words and speak life. Because then they will take it in. Church, I don't know. I hope you realize this. Because I've seen this time and time. Just in my limited experience as a pastor. How words finally betray who people really are. It betrays them because like I said, I can fool you and pretend and hide it for a long time. But eventually my tongue will betray me. It will expose me, expose the truth about me. And if you've ever heard the excuse, look, I don't know what got into me when I said that. That's not true because the Bible says your mouth speaks from what? The abundance of your heart. It's just going to come out. So don't ever use the excuse, I don't know what I was thinking. The truth is it's been in there all the time. It just came out at the wrong time. And now you're embarrassed about it. It exposes who you really are, the way you think and everything else. Out of our Matthew, that's Matthew twelve thirty four. It says out of our hearts, the abundance of our hearts, the mouth speaks. If you've got a problem controlling your tongue, 
Let me tell you, it's not a problem with your tongue. It really is something inside. Love what one preacher says. A person with a harsh tongue has has an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person who is critical all the time has a bitter heart. Your tongue will betray who you are. On the other hand, a person who is always encouraging has a happy heart. A person who speaks gently has a loving heart. A person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. Our words direct us. Words can destroy. Words can destroy and like it or not, we destroy the people closest to us. And words reveal who we really are. As I finish, I want to give us three solutions, three practical points. Again, three practical points which we all know but we all need to remember. There's nothing brand new. It's just in the word. I didn't say anything else. Things that we need to understand and always get better at because I know with me, I've always been someone who's been quick to respond with a one-liner. Always, as a young person, I was quick to respond with a one-liner. 99% of the time, I thought I was being witty and funny. I didn't mean to, and honest, God knows, I didn't mean to hurt anyone, but what I thought was humor and sarcasm as such was actually tearing down people. And I had to make a personal choice and a commitment to doing things differently. I don't know about you guys, but one thing that bothers me is the culture of embarrassing people in today's world. We somehow glorify the fact that somebody is embarrassed, especially in the sports world. You see this, when someone dunks on someone else in someone's face, everybody goes, ooh, ah. You know what I'm talking about? When think about football, a guy makes this great catch and this defender comes and knocks the life out of the guy and the ball goes flying. You see what he does. What does he do? He doesn't go down and pray for the guy who's hurt. No, he doesn't. What does he do first? In your face. Now, it's fine on the sports field. I I love talking trash. That's the only way I win because I psych people out. (laughs) But unfortunately, that carries over into the real world. Somehow, we love laughing and joking at someone else's expense, especially when it's embarrassed. And we need to be careful of that. It's okay. It's fun and games on the field. Leave it on there. It's okay. But when it transfers into real life, it's not pretty at all. But somehow the culture we live in is just bought into that. And we don't realize the real impact we're having on someone's life when we do that. We just think, oh, in your face. And I feel good about myself. You have no clue what's going on with that guy. And we need to be careful about that. So anyway, practical ways. Number one. Practical ways to control the words that come out of my mouth. Number one, renew our hearts and minds. Renew our hearts and minds. Managing your tongue starts with a renewing of your heart and your mind. You've got to get a new heart. But here's the problem. We get a new heart, but we need to keep working at renewing that. And I'm not talking about salvation right there. I mean, that's a prayer you made and that's between you and God, the sinner's prayer. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about renewing your heart and your mind constantly, consciously, 
constantly. Because life happens. We get busy with life. Most of us live among people who are not really saved. And like it or not, they have an influence on our lives. They do, they do have an influence on our lives. And our mouths are like, I feel it's our lives are like input, output. And when we are surrounded by them, sometimes it's easy to have the wrong input and the wrong output. Like it or not, we don't do that consciously, but we begin to think differently. And that's why we need to renew our hearts and our minds all the time. Amen. Renew our hearts and our minds. It's like driving back and forth. I mean, that's the best example I can give. Driving back and forth on the roads. After some time, you have bugs, you have so much junk on your car. You've got to go get it cleaned, right? It's the same thing with our own Christian life. Just because we say the sinner's prayer one day, it doesn't mean we don't have to work on our life the rest of the time. We renew our minds, renew our hearts. We've got to do it consciously. That's the only way I can get my car to last longer is if I take care of this from time to time to time to time. We need to do the same thing with our lives. Managing our mouth starts with this renewal process because part of that is, you know, and I think about this, part of that is when Christ comes into our, our hearts. But now we've got to renew it. It's like this whole renewal process is like, uh, I, I say this, it's like coming once again face to face with Christ that first time you met him. And I think about it and it moves me personally whenever I think about that time. It moves me personally. And if think about it, when I'm in that kind of mood, I don't have time to say too much. When we renew our minds, we come face to face once again with the reality of the sacrifice he made for me on that cross. And let me tell you, I can't say much. All I can do is say, thank you, Lord. You want to check your tongue, tame your tongue, renew your mind constantly, renew your mind constantly. And we know this whole thing. You know, what does Paul say? If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. But we all know the new just doesn't happen. The old doesn't just go away. God is constantly chipping away at the old that keeps trying to come up. That's the reason we need to renew, renew our minds, renew our hearts. Because it helps us tame our tongue, new life, new heart, new spirit. That's why, you know, I love that prayer David made. I know it's in the context of David and Bathsheba. But he says, create in me a big sin, clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Don't think you've got to wait for that big sin before you make that prayer. Every day, you can make that prayer every single day. Renew, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. When we pray for renewal, God will help us tame our tongue. Number two, first one is renew our hearts and minds. Second one is seek God's help every day. Because the truth is, you and I cannot do it on our own. You and I cannot do it on our own. For self-control, you need supernatural control too. You need something beyond you because otherwise everybody could do it. Just because they're determined, they can do it. But the truth is we need, we need God's help. We need God's help to do that. We need supernatural power to control the words we speak. I love this verse. Turn with me here to Psalms 141 verse 3. I love that verse. Psalms 141 verse 3. 141 verse 3. This is such a great verse. Oh, got it here. Just look at that verse. It says what? Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. 
keep watch over the doors of my lips. We need more than just ourselves and determination. We need God. Set a guard over my mouth, God. Keep watch over the door of my life. Because when I speak, I want to speak life. Set a guard. The Lord knows how many times I've made that prayer. And I still do almost every single day. That verse. As much as you guard my heart, guard. Guard my mouth. Guard my mouth. God help me. Bite my lip. Guard my mouth. Don't let me be critical today. Don't let me be judgmental today. Don't let me say things in quick response. Help me with my sharp tongue. May my words not tear down, but let my words encourage. May I speak life into people's life. And God, if there really is an occasion where I have to speak the truth, help me speak with compassion, with grace, with love, and with humility. When is the last time we made that prayer? Ask yourself, be honest with yourself. When is the last time you got out of your house and into your car, but made that prayer before you got out? God, help me with the words I have to say today. Because the thing is, without realizing this many times, and you will all agree with me, many times our prayer becomes about the situation and the troubles around us and the trouble other people are in. But we fail to realize as much as God wants to take care of everything else, His primary target is you fixing you. And when is the last time you say, Lord, fix me, help me. And the Bible says what? Control your tongue. And that's how it starts. Challenge. It's such a challenge. And the truth is you cannot do it on your own. Because God wants to fix us into the likeness of his son. It starts with tongue control, mouth control, the words you speak. Because he says when you control your tongue, you live a perfect life. love this Sidlow Baxter, who's an Australian pastor and evangelist. And he said this, and I, I thought about it a lot because it, it really made, it just convicted me too. The proof that God's spirit is in your life is not that you speak in an unknown tongue, but you control the tongue you know. Let me say that again because you need to think about it. The proof of God's spirit in your life is not that you speak in an unknown tongue, but you control the tongue you know. He's talking about the words that everybody understands. Watch your words and God will give you the strength when you have. God will give you the strength to not slander, to not lie, to not exaggerate something. Getting into God's word, like I said, part of that renewing process is getting into God's word. Asking him for help is getting into God's word. And when his word begins to dwell in your heart, guess what's going to come out? Words of life are going to come out. Words of life. Fill your mind with the word of God. You've probably heard me say this so many times. Fill your mind, your lives, and your heart with the word of God. You will never, ever, ever regret it. Because his words bring life. And when you have his word in your heart, you will speak life. Ask God's help. Ask God's help. And third thing, and I want to end with this. Be sensitive. Think before you speak. Like I said, these are just practical tips. Think before you speak. And please don't brag about or congratulate about, congratulate yourself when you say, oh, I always speak my mind or I speak the truth. Because sometimes nobody wants to hear what's on your mind. 
And the truth is this. If you can't speak the truth with real love and humility, it's just good for you to keep your mouth shut. You have to be deliberate in your speech. Engage your mind before you put your mouth into gear. And when you put it into gear, just don't step on that accelerator pedal. Go slow. Let your words mean something. This past week, one of, one of my favorite teachers, someone who has influenced my life a lot, Eugene Peterson, passed away. If you don't know that, he's the one who wrote the message. And it's absolutely amazing. And he was, at the, he was a professor at the school I studied at in, in uh, Canada. And he was a professor of spiritual theology. And, and I was reading about, I mean, just thinking about his lectures that I've heard. And, you know, I've never met him personally and talked to him personally as such. He's been there. And, you know, you never think about doing something like that until it's too late. And I was listening to his lectures and reading some of the notes that he gave. And, you know, as all the tributes poured in, the one thing I remembered, one of the qualities that I remembered about him is this. Whenever someone spoke to him and asked him a question, he always paused before he answered. He always paused before he answered. And I think that's such a great way of showing respect and honor to the person you're talking to. Because you're not just ready to shoot off an answer. You pause because you're really thinking about what you're going to say and what that other person has said. Be deliberate. Be sensitive. Think before you speak. James 1.19, it says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And when you're slow to speak, you don't get angry as much as you should. Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Church, our words direct our paths. If you want to change the direction, watch your words. Your words guide. Your words can also destroy or can build up. Your words can destroy, not just in the moment. It sets off a chain reaction. That fire, once it starts, it's never going to come back. You've got to make the choice. You've got to make the choice. And remember, you can't do it on your own. You need God. You need his help. Pray that prayer. God, guard my mouth. Guard my mouth. Guard my mouth. Bow your heads with me. God, thank you, God. For a reminder of the power there is in the words that we speak. In the power there that we can in the words that we speak, Lord. Help us realize the God that we can either build up and speak life or destroy and speak death. Help us, Lord, to be consistent, Lord. Put a guard over our hearts, God. I mean, our mouths, Lord. Put a guard over our mouths, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help me, Lord. To speak with compassion. To speak with grace. To speak with love. God, Lord, I pray, God. Forgive me for the times that I've just rattled something off, not even realizing the consequences my words have. 
I don't know, church, maybe it's time for you to call up someone and ask for their forgiveness. Hey, I know I said something. My intentions was not, never to hurt. But if it has caused you distress, maybe it's time to pick up the phone and just talk or text someone. Realize the power you have, your words have. Speak life. Speak life. That great cruise ship is controlled by that rudder. 22 acres is controlled by just that small rudder. Words once gone out, there's no way of controlling that fire till it has done so much damage. It's too late sometimes. Thank you Jesus. As we prepare to prepare to take and partake of communion, I want us to search our hearts, really search our hearts and make that your prayer. Guard my heart, Lord, guard my mouth. Guard the words that come out of my lips, Lord. No matter how bad I'm hurt, no matter how bad that person has put me down and said words of discouragement, let me not respond in the same way, God. God, I pray right now, Lord, for people here who who have been hurt because words, because of the words that have been spoken over their lives. things that have been said whether innocently or just on purpose I pray oh God you give us the strength of God right now I pray Lord right now God canceling oh God the power of those words in the name of Jesus I pray that we will not buy into or believe the lies the words of the enemy of those people who spoke over my life those negative things Lord I cancel those words in the name of Jesus Lord the power of those words of God because every curse was nailed to the cross and now lord i pray and speak life life over their lives right now and i want to challenge you church if you dig in deep because god is working If there have been words spoken over your life I want you to take it put it down on the cross because it's not a burden you were ever meant to carry it was never meant for you to carry the burden of those negative words that were spoken over your life whether it be a loved one especially if it was from a loved one or a friend They say you can't do it or your number of times people have said you'll add up to nothing. I don't expect anything from you. Let me tell you. Put all that together. Lay it down on the cross. And now know that he loved you so much that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. All you got to do is walk in obedience along with him. 
and He will bless you. He will bless you. Lord, I pray, God, once again, Lord, there's a person here who needed to hear that, Lord. I pray you work in their lives. Give them the strength to forgive that other person, Lord. Give them the strength to forgive, Lord. And to turn to you, because you are the strength, source of strength, Lord. The second group is if you need to think back to the times that you've spoken a little too much, too soon, too fast, and a little too carelessly. It's not about coming up here and confessing or making a spectacle. It's about you and the Lord and ask for His forgiveness. I know I got to do it a lot of times. God, I pray, help me, forgive me, God, for words that were spoken in haste. Words that were spoken trying to be funny, but have pulled someone down. words of God sometimes when I've exaggerated it something a lot to make people feel bad for me times that I have slandered someone a God when I know I shouldn't have once again God just the Bible says here James you want to control your life learn to control your tongue and God's going to give you the strength Make it a prayer. I challenge you. Make it your prayer every day. Before you roll out of bed or before you get into the car, God, I pray, God, that my words will bring glory and reflect the truth of your word and reflect your love to and, and your hope, God, to people who desperately are looking for hope. May our words speak life. Brother Sylvester and Brother...